The NBA trade deadline is in the books and the Bucks got their man, Jay Crowder. We've only been talking about Jay Crowder to Milwaukee for the last four months and they finally did it for the package that was originally going to Phoenix. And that's a whole nother story with Kevin Durant heading out west. But we're going to break down what happened on the trade deadline, why every single team is sending piles of second round picks around the league. And also now the Bucks have a couple of roster spots open so we can talk about the buyout, buyout market as well. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. show monday to friday and also find my work over at espn and alongside me from the bucks radio network a big day coming up for this man justin garcia because don't forget the bucks and the lakers are also playing in a few hours time but first we have to get through the trade deadline and we appreciate everyone who's in the stream right now we're live on youtube but everyone else that might be listening or watching this podcast at a later date as well. The Bucks did make their trade for Jay Crowder. So we thank you for joining us. If you may be joining the show for the first time, make sure you subscribe, hit notifications, and uh, jump into YouTube comments. Hit like on the video as well. That really helps us. And of course, it's it's free. And today's episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash NBA. So... The Bucs will play the Lakers later on, Justin, and we will have a post-game locked on Bucks as well. So it's a big day for the podcast. If I struggle to talk at any point during this show, I just need everyone to know this is approximately 10 hours earlier than I'm used to podcasting for Locked On Bucks. So it's been a busy few hours for everyone. I think everyone's been all over Twitter, Justin. But after all the speculation... And even after we podcasted 12 hours ago or whatever it was talking about who the Bucks might go for, they end up getting Jay Crowder, the main pieces for this deal, which ended up needing to be a deal with the Brooklyn Nets, not the Phoenix Suns. Serge Barker, Jordan Wara, George Hill, and five second round picks. And we can get into those details in just a little bit. But just straight up, Jay Crowder to the Bucks. How are you feeling right now about this deal for Milwaukee as they try and make a push towards the playoffs? I feel... Uh, it- Pretty good. I think this is a good day for the Bucks and for the Eastern Conference as a whole. When you look at um, the Bucks and the Celtics specifically, that they there's still that separation between those two teams and the rest of uh, the Eastern Conference. But even the Sixers, you know, Philly and Boston each made minor moves today. But other than that, Brooklyn got worse. The Cavs stood pat. The Knicks got a little bit better today. But I think we've started to see. There's kind of a moat now between what three through or four through uh, four through fifteen in the East, and then one through three. That there is just I don't see anybody penetrating that, and that's good for the Bucks. That now I think this place is even more important on winning the regular season because it means you don't have to play Philly or Boston in the second round. So I think this there is uh, first of all the East getting weaker, and this was the big part of the Kevin Durant stuff. So we'll focus on the Bucks first, but him going out west. We spoke about it with Kyrie Irving. 
whatever you think about Kyrie Irving, moving him to the West is nice for the Bucks in terms of their their path through the postseason. But these second round picks that the Bucks gave up in this deal, Eric Name, a good friend, has uh, tweeted this out in the last sort of half an hour here. So, and I think in general there are some people that maybe get a little bit more fired up about trading second round picks. And at first I can understand why there might be a bit of a shock. I know for me, I told you I woke up and I was like, look, I was, I was planning on sleeping a little bit longer, but I had to just scroll my phone and I see Jay Crowder for five second round picks. And I'm thinking, gee, that, that we don't see that too often. We know the Bucks gave away four second round picks uh, going back a while for Nikola Miritich, but the five second round picks that the Bucks have given up, the 2023 second, um, the more favorable of the two that they own. So the better second round pick for this year, the Bucks 2024 second. You don't think that's going to be a great pick. The Pacers 2025 second, who knows? Then the Bucks seconds in 2028 and 2029 as well. And they're obviously a fair way in the future. And I can't bring myself in 2023 to get fired up about a 2028 or 2029 second round pick. I think it's the right move to go for. And as we saw later on in the trade deadline, all these teams ascending second round picks all yep. over the place. So in the end, even though the Bucks were one of the first teams to do it, you get to the deadline and those five second round picks was kind of just the going value. Yeah, a, a handful of deals you mentioned. Uh, we saw the Warriors basically uh, using that as capital, uh, the trade with the, the Grizzlies and the Clippers. Second round picks, is it's kind of the new thing. And, and that's what we had mentioned a couple of times throughout the year of the Bucks picking up those picks. And again, going back to last year's trade that brought in Serge Ibaka, I know everybody wants to, to, to call it a loss for the Bucks. And look, great it, didn't, it didn't turn out great. Sure. Dante DiVincenzo would have been very playable in that series against the Celtics. Does that mean they beat Boston? I don't know, but you did recoup some second round picks and that's what allowed you to make this move and bring in Jay Crowder. It's, it's what allowed you to get PJ Tucker a couple of years ago. It's what allowed you to make some other moves. The George Hill trade was centered around matching salary the first time you brought him in, but second round picks as well. And of course, again, it didn't turn out well, but Nico Miritich, you got him for second round picks. So we're continuing to see more and more value. And, you know, to me, it, it makes that trade last year a wash, really, because you got some picks that allowed you to bring in a guy that's going to help you this year in Jay Crowder. And I think if we go all the way back to last year, and I can't exactly remember that show, but I think it's a good point you make because we did just kind of push it to the side because the Bucks were in the middle of a championship run and you're like, okay, will we actually need Serge Ibaka? But that was always the, the, the little side piece to this trade. Okay, you picked up a couple of seconds. And as we've seen historically, John Horst has been pretty crafty with using those second round picks over the years. So it's a good point that you make there. I think the other big plus... For this trade and we're going to get into all sorts of things we've got people in the stream talking about buyout markets the bucks do have two open roster spots now so we're going to get to that but i think a big bonus of this trade and people feel different ways about about grayson allen but he has had a really really good last four to five weeks and i think being able to add jay crowder and keep grayson allen is a huge huge boost here as well because even going back to the start of the season my big argument against trading for jay crowder early in the season is right then when there wasn't all that much pressure on the Suns, Grayson Allen might have been the going price. But if you just hold, 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 and if no one else really wants him and we needed this Kevin Durant trade, and it looked like the Suns were maybe out on this deal for a Barker, George Hill, Jordan Wara, 
the Durant stuff happens, the Nets are in a different place as a franchise. So I think being able to add Crowder is great. And I think being able to keep Grayson Allen just tops it off. Yeah. And, you know, look, I, I was one of the biggest uh, proponents of Grayson Allen last year and a, a defender during the playoff series that it looks a lot different if this team is healthy. But to me, he- look, health is going to be the most important thing, as, as we learned last year. But this Jay Crowder trade, Grayson Allen's been playing very well. And all the things that he's done adding to his game this year is only going to help you in the place in the postseason once this team is fully healthy. But also bringing in Jay Crowder means we don't need to rely on Grayson Allen for, you know, 25 minutes in a playoff series. If it's not a good matchup, if the shot isn't falling, we have more depth. We have a guy like Wesley Matthews we can throw out, and it's not just we're strapped pretty thin. You can play bigger lineups. You can have Jay Crowder play at the three. So this just changes that as well, that as you pointed to, you're able to retain Grayson and you're able to change how you use him if need be. So I think we'll get to more specifics with Jay Crowder and what we think his fit is with this team. We've obviously discussed him a lot, uh, but we know for these uh, specific matchups, we think having a guy of the the defensive capabilities of Jay Crowder, and maybe we'll just discuss the fact that he hasn't played for a very long time as well and what that means and what a potential ramp up uh, might look like. But I want to talk about rocket money first. Now, I got a phone call yesterday from uh, someone that was doing a survey about the TV ratings in Australia. And basically they had to ask you these questions about what streaming services do you have? What type of things are you watching? And basically after doing this survey, which was pretty annoying, to be honest, I made the mistake of saying I had some free time. Don't do that when these people call you. you you've never got free time because you know that they, it's going to be an annoying survey that you have to do. But I realized that I'm spending way too much money and Rocket Money, formerly known as True Bill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like me, uh, like the streaming service you bought to watch just one show on or that free trial that you never even used, which, by the way, Locked on Bucks is free. That's why we love it. Uh, Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. Find the subscriptions you don't want and press cancel. Rocket Money will cancel it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of the button. And uh, on average, people are saving up to 720 bucks a year, which is pretty handy stuff. So stop throwing your money away. Uh, that's one ticket to a Bucks game of one beer, 720 bucks. So stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnNBA. Rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnNBA. Now, I have to say, uh, we are in the live stream here, so we get some comments. And uh, poor old Eric here, first live stream. If you got it, was live and tried to fast forward through the ad reads. So that's a, a tough break for you, Eric. Uh, we've got another one coming, so strap yourself in. So one of the big questions we get asked is who would be the rotation pieces for the Bucks when it comes to a playoff series? The longer the postseason goes, you know you're getting down to eight or nine guys. If you play the Boston Celtics, which Philadelphia is still in the mix. I think Philadelphia is the other team that's right there. The Bucs and the Celtics at this point in time, we think are the favorites. And if it does end up being the Bucs and the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals, what are the changes from last year? The Celtics have made some additions, but now the Bucs, as it currently stands today, again, with two roster spots uh, open, 
The Bucks lacked size last year. There's no doubt about it. This year, you've got Chris Middleton, Joe Ingles, and now you add Jay Crowder. It just feels like in terms of size and defensive stuff and what does Joe Ingles have? Who knows? But now you're not desperately needing him. If he's if he's struggling in situations, Jay Crowder can be out there. The options I like a lot. Yeah, I was I was going to say, I mean, those three names right there are the biggest ones. That It was a very, very small team. And you get a bigger wing in Chris. You get Joe Ingles, who uh, is going to be a big piece of the rotation. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get 25 to 30 minutes from Joe in the playoffs, but he's going to be a guy that is a core piece of the rotation in the playoffs. And Jay Crowder is going to be the same. So you get your size there, but also more importantly, you know, the other thing that we saw last year was not only were the bucks small, it was basically hey, uh, drew and Giannis, you're going to have to initiate literally everything we do here. And you even saw stretches where the ball was in Pat Connaughton's hands a little more than you would have liked to get things going just because, the Bucs had no other options, and that's the other part. Jay Crowder, not so much, but Joe Ingles and Chris Middleton give you that as well. Another ball handler, a guy that can facilitate and just be the distributor offensively. So those are two big swings for the Bucs in that series. And look, the Celtics have made their tweaks as well, but both these teams feel pretty good about where they're at, and, and especially Boston going through some of the injuries that the Bucs dealt with early in the season. They're going through it now. Uh, but they've consistently been at the top of their conference now. And I think they would both point to some changes that they made. Boston, the biggest being we feel like we're going to be healthier and not so much reliant on, you know, when is Robert Williams going to be fully ready, even though he's been in and out uh, for parts of this season, but also the Malcolm Brogdon addition. So it's two teams that have both made some tinkering here and uh, two teams that I think would say we're much better than we were a season ago. So what do you think about, the idea of adding a tough guy. Now, listen, Jay Crowder is one of those guys that uh, when the Bucs have played him in the past, when they're in the finals and Jay Crowder's getting fired up, and I know because when I made the the graphic for this show and I searched Jay Crowder Bucs, I went back to all the NBA finals photos and there was plenty of photos where he's like in the face of guys and there's push and shove and everyone's looking all angry. So Bucs fans will say back then, they'll say, well, this is fake tough. He's a fake tough guy. But there is a physicality a veteran presence, playoff experience, which I have been very hesitant to do the PJ Tucker stuff. But in terms of just that intensity, maybe some similarities. Is it important? Did the Bucks need anything like that? Um, and I guess throwing the Miami series too is where a lot of the, yeah, yeah. the fake tough would come from there. But yeah, it's look, it's it's inevitable that it's going to draw comparisons to PJ Tucker. They're very different players. They have some similar traits, obviously. The biggest being they can defend up. They can defend multiple positions. I know Jay Crowder struggled shooting the ball in the playoffs last year. And in the regular season last year, the numbers weren't where they were at. Um, But they're both guys that can shoot. And I I was going to point out, they are both tough guys that bring toughness with them. And not that the Bucs are a soft team by any means, but it did seem like at times, granted part of it is the injuries and the guys you have on the floor, but at times – it did seem like that was one of the things that was missing because it was noticeable when PJ Tucker arrived, you saw this team embrace that and they went up a notch there. That's been absent for a little bit. And Jay Crowder certainly brings that. 
So he hasn't played since game seven against the Mavericks, which was, uh, let's face it, an absolutely disastrous night for the Phoenix Suns and the last time that he ever really showed up with the team. I, I saw someone tweet just on the PJ Tucker stuff. I saw someone tweet a little bit earlier and they said, so who's actually a better player, PJ Tucker or Jay Crowder? And that's not the question I want to get into because I think, you know, historically, I think PJ Tucker defensively has probably done more. But one of the responses that I liked, and I tried to find this tweet again and I couldn't find it. Maybe it's someone that's listening to the show. The response was, well, let's see if the Bucks win a title because that might change the answer. And, you know, that's, that's ultimately what it's going to come down to. You make a trade like this at the deadline. And a lot of times, whether people look back in the trade as a success or a failure comes down to whether you win the title. He hasn't played since May last year. Is there any concerns about that? Remember when PJ Tucker came to Milwaukee uh, near the deadline? He hadn't played for a while because of some calf stuff. And they really had to slow walk him through the first few weeks. And I kind of suspect that this is going to be the case with Jay Crowder. But he's got two months, 30-ish games before the postseason. Yeah, I wouldn't. And and now that I say it, it's going to end up being the exact opposite. But I wouldn't anticipate seeing... Jay Crowder on the floor in a Bucks uniform until after the All-Star break. Um, and yeah, PJ was in and out of the lineup with the, the the Rockets. And similar conversations too, where he wasn't having a great year. And it was another area where we would point to, well, look at this Rockets team and look at all the, the chipping away that's done to the roster here. So I think some of us pointed to that, but it was also a hope of, well, I know he can defend, but I hope this is the same guy we've seen in the playoffs the last few years. And that's another similarity here is, you know, theoretically what Jay Crowder can bring you. I may be in the minority here. I've said from the onset, I do think him sitting out this chunk of the season is ultimately a good thing. When you look at all the players that have gone through this, I mean, maybe the best example. Yeah. Look at what Andre Iguodala did when he joined the heat and um, you know, Jay Crowder did it before Andre Iguodala did it very briefly as well. Um, Another time I should point out. So I do think it's going to be good for him there that it takes a little bit off him for the postseason. And, you know, the other thing is this is going to be similar to Wesley Matthews, where there was a lot of questions earlier in the season of what's going on with Wesley Matthews and why aren't we seeing him play? And now recently you've seen that pick up as the game's, have gotten more important and as this team has been healthy, but you don't want to waste some of those Wesley Matthews minutes on a night where there's no Giannis, there's no Drew Holiday. Like, you know, you need Wesley Matthews in May and hopefully June. And Jay Crowder is the same thing here where I would imagine it's going to be a very, very slow walk-up period for him. And there's going to be moments where you see him play a game, miss a game. It's going to be interesting to see the back-to-backs again. I know he hasn't played this year, but just the way this team likes to treat their players' bodies and handle things. P.J. Tucker said when he arrived, he hated it. But in retrospect, it kept him fresh, and it had him ready for the playoffs. So I think that's going to be a big thing for the Bucs as well. Yeah, we see a lot of people saying yeah, over the last few weeks, the Bucs don't need older guys. They're old enough. Don't get in these old guys. But I would like to bring the contrary opinion here. If you bring in so many old guys that are all kind of similar, they can rest on, on any given night and you can rest two old guys, play two old guys. Maybe that's what the Bucks are trying to do here. But we should say John Horse's reputation of making a deal at the deadline continues. He's done it uh, really throughout the entire Bud era. And we'll see whether this one uh, works out like a PJ Tucker deal. That's certainly what we're hoping for. Just quickly, 
Will jumped in the comments and said how a Tucker and Crowd are super different. Tucker can play the five and rebound. I think the biggest difference between those two guys, and we've discussed this a little bit over the previous few weeks here, is that, again, Tucker, because of the versatility, did unlock some of those smaller lineups, um, but he was also a guy that was guarding you know, Trey Young at times, guards yeah. guards with the Brooklyn Nets at, at times, uh, Devin Booker with the with the Phoenix Suns, and could Crowder do that Chris maybe? Paul. Yeah, Chris, yeah, Paul, Chris Paul. So, and, and that's the biggest difference is you were allowed to play smaller with PJ taking on the center, and Giannis was still able to roam and play the four. You can play smaller, and you're, you're basically swapping PJ Tucker for Jay, Jay Crowder, but Jay Crowder isn't taking on the fives. Giannis is playing the five, and you're just you know playing with four out there. But what it does do, and I will say this, which I also think is very valuable, we have seen in the past that sometimes if the Bucks haven't, and it's uh, mostly it's happened because of injuries, but sometimes if the Bucks don't have those big forwards or those big wings, then Drew Holiday, because he can do it all, he ends up defending Kevin Durant yeah. or whoever it may be, which is which he can do. But I think if you can keep Drew Holiday defending the smaller guys, then he just steals their lunch money every single day. And it's a beautiful thing if he is defending guards. So Drew Holiday obviously is going to be as versatile as anyone when it comes to the defensive end. Uh, people very, very interested in the buyout stuff. As we said, the Bucks have got two open roster spots now, so we're going to get into the buyout stuff because now this is the next phase for the Bucks adding to their roster, and you suspect they're going to add at least one guy, uh, but maybe two. So we'll get into that after we talk about FanDuel. And this year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. So download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to 3000 bucks back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. But I'm sticking with the NBA today because it is the trade deadline and there's been moves. So the favorite right now at FanDuel for the NBA championship is still the Boston Celtics plus 260. The Bucs are still the second favorite, plus 390. I think people at this point in time still have them at the top, certainly in the East, but then the Phoenix Suns are the big mover, plus 480. And I tell you who is nowhere to be seen, and that's the Brooklyn Nets. So you can check out all these odds at FanDuel.com. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet. On Super Bowl 57, that's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with Fanduel, special, uh, <laughs> official sportsbook partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network, we should say as well. All right, let's talk buyout market. Let's talk open roster spots because this is always one of the exciting things. If you make a trade and you get one player back, but you're sending out three, particularly for the Bucks, three guys that really just weren't playing. I've been pretty high on George Hill. And, and I got to tell you, I, I feel bad for George Hill because he wasn't here when the Bucks won the title. And I understand that he would get a ring, you know, if the Bucks win. But I feel bad for George Hill. I thought he had some pretty good moments this season as well. Yeah. But let's I, move on. The Bucks have two roster spots, Justin. But what do they need now that they've traded out a backup point guard? And, well, the other two guys not playing so much. Um, I suppose I would say another uh, another guy in the backcourt off the bench. I mean, we all love <laughs> Javon Carter. 
Um, but George Hill had a little more size, and and I echo those sentiments as well. I feel very bad for George Hill that this is seems like Groundhog Day, and especially after the comments he made at Media Day of he pondered retirement. I think we were all surprised he came back and signed with the Bucks and said he felt like he owed the Bucks a better experience, and then a couple of months later to be shipped off in a deadline deal again. You you hate to see it for George Hill. Um, that's going to be obviously not for the Bucks, but he's going to be an interesting name to see if he gets bought out and goes somewhere else, or if Indiana wants him around just to help mentor those young guards that they have. Obviously, Tyrese Halliburton doesn't need much right now, but it's always good to have a veteran around. So that's going to be interesting. Um, I think everybody would point to a point guard and center that the Bucks need. I don't think they need a backup center here. Really, you're only getting that for the regular season because the way the roster's set up now, you know, if they're healthy, all those guys are the guys that are going to be playing. Nobody that you bring in via buyout is going to get any minutes for you in the postseason other than a first-round series that your rotation seems pretty set with Giannis and Brooke and Bobby and Jay Crowder up there in the front court. So I don't think that's a pressing need unless you just – want a guy to help you get through the final, what, 25 games, 30 games of the regular season and take some of that load off of Giannis. But I would look at the backcourt um, point guard or just another guy to play on the on the wing. And you already mentioned some of the names, but uh, to me, the big ones, and I, I think somebody in the comments mentioned this one, Justin Holiday, I would assume, is going to get bought out. That would be an interesting one. And the real fascinating one, is Danny Green, because that's another guy that a little bit older, but uh, very, very similar. He came back faster than Joe Ingles did on the same injury. And you know what you get in Danny Green with his 3 and D ability, certainly familiar with the pop scheme and uh, his time there. I, I think there was a brief overlap with Bud. Uh, but regardless, that's an interesting one, too. The only caveat I would point to is the Bucks have two open roster spots. We're all going to monitor this. I feel fine with the roster as is if there's nothing done. But the teams in the West are going to be very attractive buyout landing spots. And I know you could you could say, well, the Bucks or the Celtics could say, look, we're the clear favorites in our conference. If you come here, you don't have to go through that whole gauntlet of the Western Conference and maybe lose, depending on which team you go to in the first round, you come to us you're probably competing for a championship, but Phoenix is always very, very appealing for players. And now you add Kevin Durant into the mix. That is going to be a very big buyout spot, especially with a new owner that doesn't care about the tax, it seems like, and is going to be willing to spend. Uh, Dallas is another place that players love to go to. And especially now we've seen, regardless of what the media thinks, players love Kyrie Irving. So those two spots to me, are probably going to get first crack at a lot of these names that are bought out. And the Clippers, too. They were another team that was pretty active today. Or the Lakers, who suddenly, Rob Palenka all of a sudden may have had one of the best trade deadlines to go from a zero to a hero here in terms of GMs with what he pulled off in these last 96 hours, that there's very, very attractive options in the West and their markets and landing spots that we see players that typically – really like to go to. And I think that's the issue the Bucks are going to run into with the buyout market. It's interesting. Charlie Saturday in uh, the comments here just mentions the luxury tax as well. And, and look, that's not inconsequential, but it, you know, are the Bucks going to fill out the roster to 15 and add two more guys? Will they add just one guy? 
obviously all that stuff kind of kind of adds up. I mean, we always say, it, why do we care about adding a minimum guy if there's a veteran there that they think uh, will help them? I agree. They probably want another guard just for some safeguarding. And maybe they add a big, but I, I, again, that's <laughs> it's really hard. Remember, Bobby Portis isn't even playing right now. When he comes back, there's another big guy there. Well, what about, let me just throw well, a name and out. I was just going to say real quick, that's the other thing too. Not only, not just the markets, but like think back to our own Wesley Matthews a, a couple of years ago that it's not just, hey, I'd love to live and play in Phoenix and play next to Kevin Durant. That's right. It's that the Mavericks and Suns, those two teams specifically, those moves they made depleted their depth. And more than anything, if you're bought out, you need a contract in the next offseason. You want to play and showcase that. And as we just went through with this rotation, you're not going to be guaranteed a lot of playing time here with the Bucs. A bunch of people mentioning mentioning Westbrook. First of all, I don't think he's coming here. But secondly, I couldn't think of anything more disastrous playing with Giannis. It just doesn't seem like that is anything that would work, even if you're trying to say that he would be a guy off the bench. Hey, what about... Well, John Wall, we think, is going to be another guy as a big name, and that's going to draw some interest because he is a name. What about, speaking of antagonizers, what about young Patrick Beverly? <laughs> um, I mean, he's, he's, he, look, he, he's out there. Uh, he, you know, he's causing trouble out there on the court, but he seems he, to be liked wherever he plays. Does he? Um, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I would. Um, I think I would take a pass on Patrick Beverly. Um, he, he's you've got Javon Carter, and to me, that's that's a pretty de- decent. And that and it's not meant as disrespect to Javon Carter, but that is a, a pretty decent poor man's in his peak, Patrick Beverly. So I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah, it's interesting. We'll see. I mean, you know, I always uh, and I was just watching. Zach Lowe say this, so I'm not going to steal Zach Lowe's thunder. But you know, he he's always pretty quick to say yeah, everyone gets excited about the buyout market because it, it is big names, uh, but it doesn't always work out that they're actually huge impact players. And I, I think we've seen that. I mean, we added uh, Marvin Williams a few years ago, and, I was and that one that worked yeah. out well. But that's really what that's what you would point to in recent memory. Yeah, so so we'll see. So the Bucks have the two open roster spots. I'll just throw out uh, Dante Exum again, drag him over from Europe. Why not? Uh, interesting, just as we wrap this up, final thoughts. And again, we are going to podcast tonight, so make sure you subscribe, make sure you hit notifications and like this video as well and comment. Uh, I know you're all commenting in the stream, but uh, you can, uh, if you're listening later on, you can comment on the YouTube there and that helps. It pushes the video to the top. Everyone has a look at it. And everyone's happy. So uh, make sure you do that. And if you're on the old school audio platform, we thank you as well. Uh, nothing with Detroit, really, in, in the guys that we spoke about. Nothing with Toronto. Yeah. Boy, what uh, – you just kind of scratch your head at what the Raptors are doing to to acquire Jakob Pertl. And I know they intend on paying him and keeping him, but this really seemed like a – kind of sell for the Raptors here and they're kind of stuck halfway similar to the Bulls. So between that and the midpoint of the Eastern conference, not only not improving, but most of those teams, except for the Knicks getting worse was what stood out the most to me in that you really opened the door for the Bucks and the Celtics and and the Sixers you can throw in there too. I think we just agree Bucks and Celtics are better than, than Philadelphia is presently constructed. And how this completely shifted from for most of this season, we were talking about 
the gauntlet that the Eastern Conference playoffs were going to be to now, you look at the West and you look at that uh, that lineup now and think, man, this this shifted in the span of 72 hours and it's kind of cleared the path for those three teams and more specifically Bucks and Celtics at the top of the East. Uh, it's going to be really, really fascinating. And as I said, uh, there is actually basketball today. The Bucks are playing the Lakers. We're not 100% sure exactly who's going to be playing in this game. We'll wait and see on LeBron. We know Joe Ingles is out for the Bucks. Uh, Serge Barker was on the injury report. We won't need to see not with team anymore. But uh, obviously, the Bucks will be missing a few bodies uh, for this game. But we're going to have a post-game show after the Bucks and the Lakers. Frank's going to be with me. And if there's one thing we know about Frank Madden, he's going to have some thoughts on the game. He's going to have some thoughts on the trade deadline as well. So we're going to have a podcast later again tonight. So it's, it's a great day. If you like Locked on Bucks, if you like the show, you'll be able to check in. A couple of shows to catch up on. We love it. One of the biggest days of the year. One of my one of my favorite days of the year. The chaos of trade deadline. We love it. I'm not even tired anymore. I'm fired up. You know, um, the last thing I would point out too is why – I said it's a good day for the Bucs and for the Eastern Conference is looking back at that series with the Celtics. Do you remember who the Bucs starting five was in that series with Boston last year? Uh, no, but Grayson <laughs> Allen didn't. Grayson Allen didn't start. Wesley Matthews he started. did. He yeah, did. Yeah. So, so you had Wesley Matthews and Grayson Allen starting in that series. And now those are two guys that are clearly against Boston coming off the bench or playing very, very, in the case of Grayson, limited minutes depending on matchup and just the depth that you have now where you have the size of Chris Middleton and Jay Crowder. And think about defensively, that was the other issue that they ran into was how do we find enough guys, especially when it was just Giannis and Chris for your individual guys and Wesley Matthews. How do we find the guys to defend Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and get out on Grant Williams and still contend with Al Horford down low and now, you know, you look at everything they have, if healthy, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Wesley Matthews, you can throw out there, Jay Crowder. So it is a night and day difference if they can stay healthy from when we last saw those two teams play in the postseason. All right, final thought as we wrap up this podcast. Thanks again to everyone for jumping in the stream. Currently, we've got over 500 people in now, but we know people have been coming in and out and hopefully they'll catch up with the show later. But Reggie Jackson looks like he's going to be a buyout candidate from Charlotte. We've discussed the idea of having a guard that can really score. I think he fits that bill, and we've seen him have big playoff games uh, in the past as well. Now, again, can you attract Reggie Jackson to come to Milwaukee and convince him he's got a big enough role to play? That is the question, but Reggie Jackson is a guy that I could see myself getting around. Yeah, I wouldn't mind, and that's another basically designated score that you come in and it would be a much, much, much better version of – Jeff Teague, even though Jeff Teague had a nice little stretch there against the Atlanta Hawks to help you get to the finals, he would be like a supersized Jeff Teague of, all right, we'll give you a couple of minutes, go out there and score if nothing's working. Yeah, and he might go, as pointed out uh, by Zach Logan in the stream, maybe Phoenix uh, seems, you know, again, is, is Milwaukee at the top of the list? I highly doubt it, but uh, that's it. Hey, hey, for the next week, I know what we're going to be doing. Let's talk about these buyout guys. Let's see who the Bucs can get on the roster. But for now... We picked up Jay Crowder. We've spoken about it for months. It's official. Jay Crowder is going to Milwaukee. As I said, Bucks and Lakers tonight, 9 p.m. Central Time. We'll be here on this show right after that game finishes. So check your uh, podcast feed there. Uh, Justin, thanks for joining me in the afternoon. This is great stuff. Yeah, anytime. A nice primer for a late, late game tonight and tomorrow. It's quite a week here. Yep. Get yourself some breast. All right. 
Thanks to everyone for jumping in once again. We'll be back after the Lakers game. The Bucks, by the way, looking for nine straight wins, which we would love as well.